0: Just past 7 o'clock, and boy, am I excited for tonight's show. It's time for Ira on Sports. This is the true oldies channel. I'm Mike Balsamo. And Ira, so you broke your streak. No live sporting event this week. Not that you had much to choose from anyway, but... um. You know, we've got something to watch tonight as well, though. And there's a reason why we're doing this show uh, pre taped today. So we taped it a little bit earlier in the afternoon. Is a good reason for that, Ira. Would you like to tell us about
1: it? Well, I wanted to watch the Steelers-Washington yeah. uh, football team game at 5. And then I finally, I mean, I've just figured out that I don't know how I'm going to watch it. Now, you go to a bar to watch it, but I really wanted to tape the show because I, I usually go to the games and can't watch it with my parents. So I just enjoy watching the Steelers-Penn mm-hmm. State game now that I'm not going to the games to watch it with them. But now, Florida is not getting... I, how many people are going to turn this game on at 5 o'clock, thinking they're going to get football at 5, and only 60, 40% of the, 60%, of sixty percent of the country gets it, 40%, because of these all these crazy rules that Fox is showing it, but they're not, so you can watch Big Bang Theory, and uh, and you can watch uh, Drew Barrymore's show, but you can't watch the Steelers, and it gets on direct TV, because it's mostly on direct TV. But then the issue is... Well, could it be on the NFL Red Zone? Is it on the NFL Network? Like, I'm confused in terms of what, where this game is going to be on. So I'll just go and just try to watch it, you know, see what happens. And also, I have a cable that I have in New York, too, so I use that. Mm-hmm. So I just – it's crazy that you can't watch this game. The NFL, this is in the best Someone interest – Someone the ball here. Yes, it's the best interest of everyone. And tell, just give extra money to DirecTV. This is what I don't like about DirecTV, too, because down here in South Florida – You can't, people don't have the option if you're in a community to have direct TV. Mm -hmm. You have to have cable. You don't see cable dishes all the time. So in the next. TV package, it's probably going to be up. That's going to be gone. And you'll be able to get whatever games you know, you'll be able to get the direct TV. This is the package. It's the only thing you really need to direct TV for. And they're going out of business anyway. <laughs> but the point is, this is so frustrating that you can't watch this game like in your own. And with COVID, everything, a lot of people don't want to go out to a bar to watch the game. And now you're just sitting there and watch Drew Barrymore's show and the Big Bang Theory <laughs> instead of watching the Steelers or Redskins with the undefeated Steelers team. It's a good game, too. I, I do think it's going to be a very good
0: game. And, and I, yeah, this is baffling to me. We talked, you know, uh, texting each other during in the week. The uh, Wednesday game from last week where the Ravens are starting all backups got double the
1: ratings of the NBA Finals. This game should be on TV. It's a great matchup and a time that nobody ever gets a game. Right, I mean that was it, it's just ridiculous, and I think the NFL totally. I did not know of this. Like, I mean, I literally no I, until I saw a tweet from someone at like three, about an hour before the show. Because I'm thinking, oh, I'll just turn the game on and now. But I don't know. There's some people that are saying it's in the, it's going to be on. Not so we won't know till five o'clock. What's it going <laughs> to be on? But I would check Red Zone. I would check NFL Network. I would check Fox, and I don't know FS1. I don't know. And everybody has illegal the things they probably do
0: too. I've so. got the um, the bot the remote. Right. I just talk into so I'm just gonna <laughs> stay say Steelers game. Um, we'll we'll talk plenty of. Football tonight on Ira on Sports it's going to be a great show, but let's start with the NCAA. And Ira, it seems like a lot of people are kind of upset or confused about what's going on with Ohio
1: State. So why don't you fill us in? Oh, I listened. To, I rode a bike on Saturday for until the, before the game started, and I think every show was talking about Ohio State. How, how this is so unfair. So the rule that the Big Ten put in place was you had to play six games instead of in order to get into. The, their Big Ten championship game. Mm-hmm. And because they've had a cancellation and they might have another cancellation, if Michigan can't play, then Ohio State would have five games, they wouldn't have the six. So then Indiana, who they beat already a couple of games ago, would get in instead of Ohio State. And they're thinking, well, they'll change the rule and they'll put Ohio State in the championship game against Northwestern, which they'll be a 100-point favorite on. I mean, they're 30-point favorites against Michigan. They'll be 30 point to for 40 points against Northwestern. And the point is, well, that's so unfair. Well, who's it unfair to? Is it unfair to Indiana? They just <laughs> beat Indiana. It's also the Big Ten. The goal is they get if you get a team in the College of a playoff, you get $6 million to the conference. So why would the conference say, oh, because we just want to do fair, we're going to just give up $6 million. The idea is mm. to have your best teams play. So what does the ACC do? So Notre Dame's games, Notre Dame's supposed to have a game this week, and also um, Clemson was. Clemson was supposed to play Florida State this week. The game was canceled. What the ACC said, take the week off, rest up for the game. Because they don't they don't want anything with COVID A reason that they can't play the game. They're just saying take the week off and not play. So Clearly, the Big Ten, to me, it's not even a controversy at all. And then other people are saying, well, this is really weird. It's really going to be hard to judge who should be the college football playoffs. Like, it hasn't been my entire life of following (laughs) college football. Back in 1994, when Penn State lost Indiana, they beat Indiana, but at the final seconds of the game, um, Indiana scored two touchdowns. And because of that, Nebraska jumped ahead of them. And then Penn State went to the Rose Bowl. Penn State, in years before, the teams didn't even play each other. The top teams didn't even play each other in bowl games. And then... Every time you have a situation where you're in one conference, you have Alabama, Auburn, and LSU in one division. If Alabama beats LSU and LSU beats everybody out, a house. One hundred to nothing. LSU is clearly the best team in the country besides Alabama. Guess what? They replayed that game. That mm-hmm. one year it was like LSU beat Alabama, and they replayed the game. But the point is, this happens all the time when you have Penn State, Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, all in the same conference. They'll lose that one game, and then there's the issue. So that's a Texas A&M issue. But the point is, there's always controversy on who's going to be the game. They don't play the same. They don't think like the NFL. They play the same schedule. They play in their conference. Their non-conference games are weak. This is the same thing we always deal with. Maybe Ohio State plays six games they don't play 10. It's not like these other teams are playing 12 and Ohio State just played six. I mean, it's it, to me, it's always been controversy. It's not just COVID. They're making, oh, because of COVID, the season's a mess. No, it's not a mess because of COVID. <laughs> it's because of, guess what? In two years from now, when there's no COVID at all, there's still going to be controversy. There will always be controversy. There's
0: literally never
1: going to not be controversy. <laughs> you put eight about teams, teams in, in. And you put eight teams in, there'll be controversy on eight because the eight and nine are going to complain that, oh, the ninth team doesn't yeah. get in. And there's always going to be controversy when you have people judging what should get in. Now, the NFL has rules that you play and how whoever wins the games and who qualifies, and they have how many tiebreakers get. That, that's how people get in. There's no selection committee. But as long as you have a selection committee, you're going to have issues. Absolutely. You are
0: right. It's Iron Sports, True Oldies Channel. i Mike Balsamo. So let's talk about where we are as far as the Bulls shaping up, rankings. How do you think it's going to play out?
1: Well, clearly now Notre Dame and Clemson have the week off. They're going to play each other in two weeks. Northwestern's in the championship game, in the Big Ten against Ohio State. And in the Big 12, Oklahoma is playing Iowa State in the championship game. But they play this week, but they've already clinched their positions. Um, so they'll get in the other bowls, the peach, orange, fiesta, and Cotton. And one really interesting thing is it looks like Miami and Florida, if it works out that way, could play in the orange bowl on the second, which would be a That'd be very, very cool. exciting game. But right now you have Alabama's number one. They have to play Arkansas and Florida, and and then Notre. but they gave Notre Dame the week off. Clem, Notre Dame's two, Clemson's three. Ohio State is four. Uh, Florida's five. They play LSU this week. They're 30-point favorites in this game. <laughs> Texas A&M plays Mississippi and Tennessee. Cincinnati. Place Tulsa and Tulsa, and then I threw in Coastal Carolina, which had one of the best games of the year. But they're undefeated; they're eleven. And USC uh, is a, the Pac-12 team; they're four zero, but they're really not in the mix. I mean, really, only teams in the mix are are the really the top six. I don't even think Cincinnati's getting. You're talking about Texas A&M or Florida getting in. Um, and, and really, what it gets down to is. That, it's, that there's only going to be – the scenario is, like, what about Miami? They have one loss. Well, your one loss was to Clemson. You're not getting in. Like, I don't think Miami's yeah. getting in. And I just think Oklahoma – the Big 12 has Oklahoma State. Oklahoma and Iowa State each have two losses. They're out. And people just don't view the Pac-12, USC. No. They're, they're as, they had a big win last night. They played on Sunday night. But they really – they've looked – totally terrible it was so funny in the ucla game i'm just going to divert that for a second the ucla in the game um on saturday night at like one in the morning they were trying to kneel down you know those kneel downs where you run and then you just stop and you're like don't score the touchdown just kick extra point Uh the other team picked up the player and put him in the ass (laughs) to, to score so they would get the ball back which i thought was hilarious but there's really four scenarios that is alabama beats florida And which will be Florida's second loss, they're out. Clemson beats Notre Dame. So then it's very simple. Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, and Ohio State. Those four teams, no controversy. There's a second scenario where Ohio State's in. Florida upsets Alabama. It's going to be a great game. So Florida upsets Alabama. Notre Dame beats Clemson. And then you're going to have – and then Clemson would be – Clemson would be out because they'd have two losses. And then you'd have Florida, Alabama, Notre Dame, and Ohio State in. Very simple. Ohio State's in. No, really, I think that's an issue. I mean, Bama's in no matter what. And uh, if Notre Dame is a loss, they're still in. The other, then this one scenario is that – this again, there's only one scenario Ohio State gets out. If Florida beats Alabama, so Florida's in and Alabama is still in and Clemson beats Notre Dame. It's so being all four of those teams will now be in it. At that point, I think Notre Dame with one loss. I think if you analyze the schedules, Notre Dame would I think Ohio State would be out. That's the only way they would be out in terms of of that situation. Um, and then if the other scenario where you might then have the issue is that if uh, Alabama beats Florida, so Florida's out. Notre Dame beats Clemson, Clemson's out. Then Ohio State gets in, and then you can get a fourth team in there. So that's where maybe Texas AM and gets in, or you get Miami, Cincinnati. You know, that's what everyone starts screaming. But you would only need that situation where Alabama beats Florida and Notre Dame beats Clemson. Florida would have two losses, and Clemson would have two losses. So that's really how it breaks down. It's not that complicated in terms of what could happen. And the Florida LSU game is going to be great because Mac Jones and, Ka- and Trask Cal Trask are going to go for the Heisman Trophy to see because they're the two it's Probably the Florida- two. Florida Bama. Yeah. Florida Bama. Yeah. Florida um, Florida. I'm, 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 i <laughs> Joe Burrow on the mind. <laughs> uh, yeah, on the mind. Florida, Alabama for the Heisman
0: Trophy. And, it, yeah, that's going to be an interesting uh, matchup. I do hope Florida wins, just to really kind of sp- spice things up a little bit, maybe get one of these Florida teams in. Let's talk about Alabama, who they will be playing in two weeks. Uh, just a, a route here of LSU, and we saw this one coming. Wow. I
1: mean, <laughs> this is like the revenge tour. Last <laughs> year, I was at the Graham. It was one of the greatest events I've ever been to, and Alabama lost uh, 46-41 at Alabama. Joe Burrow, Justin Jefferson, uh, the, the Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, everybody you're seeing the NFL, it was like the whole NFL <laughs> team playing. But I think it just shows you the greatness of Alabama. They... Went toe to toe with one of the greatest football teams of all time. LSU now is a disaster, horrendous. They're terrible. Um, they're three and five. They'll be three and six when they lose to Florida. But Alabama was able to come back and still be great this year. That just shows you mm-hmm. that they don't. They just reload. They they're still there. And that was like one of those things. And, and it was it was one of these games. There were so many weird plays. First of all, Mac Jones for Alabama started 11 for 11, 243 yards and three touchdowns. And Devontae Smith, who is the best wide receiver I have, I mean, he's tremendous. I cannot wait to see even the pros. Five catches for 151 yards and two touchdowns. The score was 35 to 14 right at the beginning of the second quarter 35 to 14. And then the one play, LSU scored, and Kashan uh, Boots scored a touchdown on a 45 yard pass. And he, when he went across the line, he dropped, before he went across it, dropped the ball, Crazy. which is the dumbest thing in the world. <laughs> and, but. Then they announced, they go, LSU touchdown. And they went to review, and I'm like, this is terrible. I was texting you. This is the worst call in the world. How did they miss that? How did they miss that? They even had their replay official, whoever it was at the time, said it was, they blew it. They totally blew the call. But they didn't realize this guy, Jontre Kirkland, picked the ball up for LSU once the ball was dropped because he dropped it right before the line, uh, which is really, I mean, I've never, I was like, wow, that's the craziest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> but, I mean, it was it was certainly, and then it was, but even Der, um, Derek Stingley Jr. is one of the best quarterbacks in the country, and he played on Devontae Smith. And he couldn't cover Smith at all. He was just uncoverable. Um, this was and Najee Harris rushed 144 yards. Another great run between Smith, Jones, and Harris. You have the best quarterback, running back, and wide receiver. Uh, absolutely amazing. In in the 85 games that LSU and Alabama played, this is the most points uh, that LSU ever gave up. And uh, this is the most points they've been up since 1993. So it was just a complete domination. I love watch Alabama play, and they're just they really go. I mean, this is, and Nick Saban was out the previous game against Auburn, came back, and you could just see this team is fired up for that game.
0: Absolutely. So you were a little bit worried about Notre Dame early on in this game against Syracuse. I said, don't worry, Notre
1: Dame will put on the gas, and they did. Well, you know what I like. My one friend said in college football, yeah. This week is a bad week. No one's a favorite. everyone's heavy favorites. I go, yeah, but those are the exciting games. Like I remember when all West Virginia had to do was beat Pitt. It was years ago. They're like a. Twenty-eight point favorite, mm-hmm. and they, they're playing for the national championship, and they lost. They lost the game. So I would like when you see an upset like that when a team is that favorite. So you're, I thought with all these heavy favorites that there could be some upsets, and then everyone yells, "Well, there wasn't." But I'm like, <laughs> "Well, you know, it's, it's still the thought of it." When you when the game kicks off, you never know what could possibly happen. Uh, but four minutes to go in the second quarter, is, um, it was seven three Syracuse. But then in three quick touchdowns uh, by, uh, by Notre Dame, they made it 24-7 at the end of the first half. Uh, it was like one of those things where um, it was that uh, I did not. LaShawn Tucker for Syracuse hit the most yards all year against Irish. He rushed for 114 yards. And Syracuse ran. I just remember, Syracuse is 1-10. One and ten. They rushed for two hundred and twenty nine yards rushing. Not good. And it just it was not a situation. Ian Book had to throw an interception, the quarterback for Notre Dame at two hundred sixty seven attempts, finally threw an interception. It's just one of those weird types of games. And I think that Ian Book, this is the thing with Trevor Lawrence and Ian Book. We're going to, get to talk about Trevor Lawrence next. They're going to be in, well, they'll be in New York, but virtually they will be. They'll be finalists. But I think this was a chance that Ian Book had this monster game. I think it took him out of the high. I think it really is this Mac Jones, Kyle Trask for the Heisman, even though Ian Book has this record now. he is, It's his 30th victory as a starter. He's the most as a Notre Dame quarterback. So you're look at this. You're undefeated. You're a quarterback of the undefeated Notre Dame team, and you're not going to win the Heisman Trophy. I mean, they would give the Heisman Trophy. Uh, Paul Hornung wanted when he was when they had a losing record at Notre Dame. <laughs> so, but it's now Notre Dame is 16 game home winning streak, uh, for 24 home games winning streak, 16 game streak. Uh, Notre Dame is, you know, they they've really impressed me. But again, their weakness is on this run. I I don't know if Clemson can exploit it. Clemson does not have a good running game at all. But certainly Alabama could exploit it, and Ohio State could exploit it. Uh, those teams. So let's talk about Clemson as you said they face off against Virginia Tech. Yeah, it was, you know, going to the game, there were 22 point favorites. Virginia Tech, four and six. They really have had struggle all this year. It's, it's, it, it's really a mess what's happening at Virginia Tech in terms of this year. But they, again, I thought Clemson struggled. It was at the Virginia Tech. In the funny thing, in the middle of the game, the sprinklers went on. I think that's that, means that <laughs> you know, when you watch a game and then suddenly sprinklers come with it, someone got injured. But uh, uh, at the, uh, there was, Clemson was up 17 10 in the last play, you know, at, at, at halftime. But then they blew away uh, Virginia Tech in the second half. But Trevor Lawrence is going down to score a touchdown. He throws an interception. And then a lot of drop balls. I mean, they look like the Steelers uh, in terms of (laughs) dropping balls. I mean, this Powers, their star wide receiver, and he dropped two balls that were like beautiful passes that Lawrence threw. And it's like one of those things that Clemson is missing a lot of players, and I can't wait. Give it a couple more weeks when they get – there's Justin Ross, who was supposed to be one of the top ten players in the NFL draft. He might come back. He was hurt all year, but there's a chance if he gets cleared by the doctors, he could play. So you're going to see maybe a Clemson team because they just – they look like they had a lot – they just they just don't look sharp like they did last year. And I know that Trevor Lawrence now became – he was 12 for 22, 195 yards, one touchdown, one reception, and ran for two. But they just couldn't – You know Travis Entienne – He just had, you know, 66 yards, did not a great game for him. But just, I I really, you know, Virginia Tech had to use three quarterbacks to turn the ball over three times. Clemson didn't look impressive. So, I mean, Alabama looked great. Clemson looked bad. And I thought Notre Dame, you know, they just looked average. And then, uh, and then we get to Ohio State. Yeah. It's uh, I run sports, true oldies
0: channel, Mike Balsamo here as well. You love the way Ohio State looked this week and Michigan State fans probably
1: didn't. Oh, I have a friend. I, I, I'm riding the bike and I hear that 23 Ohio State players aren't playing Ryan Day, their coach, is and I heard the interview is in his in his uh, living room watching the game. And they have three out. Off, their whole offensive lineman is not going to play. The line is like twenty-five. I'm like, you got to bet Michigan State. Michigan State, you know, beat Northwestern. Michigan State. It's at Michigan State. Like they're going to have some pride. They're not going to get blown out of this game. Boy, was I wrong. I mean, I, I, think, I told my friend to bet his house. I, I, I think he's looking for apartments right now and probably coming to get me. I could not understand what happened in that game. It was their first three drives was, ty- you know, just scoring touchdowns. Rocky Lombardi you know, was the quarterback for Michigan State who got knocked out. I think it's the greatest name. And then, and then their, uh, Patrick Thorne, their backup, actually played better than him. It was 35 nothing. 38-0 at halftime, 35-0 in the second half, and uh, Justin Fields, who had did not look good the last game against Indiana. I Man, they've been off. I mean, he was 17 for 24, two touchdowns. He ran for 104 yards, two touchdowns. Total, total blowout. And I just could not believe that game. So if you're looking, who looks best? I mean, Alabama looked good in a lot. Like, that if I, if if Ohio State would have struggled in this game, you could have might have said, well, Texas A&M could possibly get in. Ohio State just a total blowout. They're in there there as long as they beat Michigan and then they beat Northwestern, which will of course easily happen. They're in the uh, they're going to be in the playoff. So,
0: so let's talk about Texas A&M, who might be on the outside looking into the playoff, but they got a win over Auburn.
1: They got a win and they played the tougher team. They were only a few points favored on Auburn, but you know they were down. Um, they were down 14-10 they uh, scored 17, uh, 17 points in the in the fourth quarter uh, to to take to take the to win the game was just, but again, I'm not impressed by Texas A&M. They they've struggled. They 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 Kellen Mond, their quarterback, nice guy, nice quarterback. <laughs> it, it, nice the fact that only Tebow and Mond have nine thousand yards passing and fifteen hundred yards rushing in, in the SEC. But I thought it was one of those where they did struggle against an Auburn team. That when you notice it, Alabama blew out Auburn. Texas A&M struggled. They were losing in that game. So again, they're not in that level. Uh, that uh, that you know, no one would. If Alabama would lose to Florida, no one's going to say, well, Texas A&M should be in. Alabama, <laughs> in that game. Game. no of course not um Florida played Tennessee and we
0: talked about Tennessee on this show and the wheels kind of came off that team but they gave Florida a run for their money early
1: they did you know it was one of those games where they kept I, I thought Florida Florida is one of those teams where Kaltrask, he can look like wow I mean they they almost like the Notre Dame game they got off to a really slow start and uh they they were you know they only it was uh it was 10-7 and they finally just made it 17-7 at, at the at the end of the half um, but it was, like, really one of those things where they were, their running game wasn't going at all. They threw 28 passes, had nine runs in the first half, and then they blew it. They got the 31-7 lead in the second half, and, and they let Tennessee score some touchdowns at the end. But it was, like, Florida scores so quickly. I mean, they're just they're, they're just amazing in terms of how fast they score. Uh, Pitts came in the game. He had 100 yards. Kaderis Tony, Travis Grimes, uh, Trevor Grimes had two touchdowns. And then when you, when you compare Trask in terms of he was – he ends the game and they'll say, "Look, they didn't play well. He Thirty-five for forty-nine, four hundred thirty-three yards and four touchdowns. I mean, it's unbelievable what the year that Trask had. But Trask has had completed seventy-one percent of his passes, thirty-two hundred yards, thirty-eight touchdowns and three interceptions. Whereas um, 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 Matt Jones, Matt Jones." 3 3000 yards 27 touchdowns 3 interceptions so he's he's less touchdowns but still 75% so i mean they're really up at that level in terms of what it is and i i'll be excited i mean i think it really come down to who wins this game if if match if 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 Mac if Alabama wins, Mac Jones will win the Heisman. If Florida wins, Trask will. Win the yeah, whoever well.
0: outduels the other one. I
1: think that's great. I think it's great to come down to a game like this. I think that's going to be fun. Absolutely. Um, Cincinnati was off, and then we saw Miami
0: play Duke and Ira. I worry about these games for Miami. They find ways to lose to the Dukes of the world.
1: They didn't this time. No, I mean, it was the yardage was five hundred and twenty four to one seventy seven. They won forty eight nothing. It's their first road shutout in twenty years. Crazy. Um, this is setting up a interesting game for Miami next week. They play North Carolina. And we saw North Carolina play the tough game against Notre Dame. Um, they have three losses on the year, but this is gonna be a test. It's gonna be in in Miami. I'm I'm pumped for that game. I think it's gonna be an exciting game. I mean, next week's slate is a little weak in terms of what all the games are because some teams are off. But I think for Miami, that's gonna be an important game to finish the season out. I mean, this is really one of those years now that you know that that Miami has to show is this is Miami back? Now they're not back all the way, but are they back where they're a top ten team back? And They have done what they needed to do. And then we've talked about this as like the fifth time I'll say this. But losing to Clemson's getting blown out. The teams, the Miami teams in the past, the wheels would have skidded off. They would have lost yeah. games. They did not let that happen. They stayed and they, and this is, you know, going to Duke in a game that really they're not in the playoff picture come out and win 48 nothing big win for them. So it was weird that it was last night, but we had a Sunday night college football game and it was USC. Yeah, it was over in a second though. They, I mean, they ended up winning 31, <laughs> 13, but they were up 28, nothing in the first quarter. Uh, Ke- Keaton Slovis had five touchdowns in the first half. And, uh, Amon, St. Braun had four, four receiving touchdowns. and. Uh, it was. It was. He's like one of the first. I think it was the first time ever that a person caught their first four balls and they were all touchdowns. Which is, uh, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't happen. It Doesn't happen. But I mean, USC. I mean, they play on Sunday night and was whatever. But it's like one of those things where the Pac-12, because they just they're they're going to play even less games than the Big Ten is going to play. And I, you know, that's the question is, you know, should the Pac-12 and the Big Ten started earlier when the when the COVID was in a serious in September and October get some extra games in which they didn't, mm-hmm. so they're really going to be out of the picture when they come for the playoffs. So let's talk about the game of the week. Weekend, it was BYU.
0: First, Coastal Carolina. Nobody saw this coming, but Dustin Johnson's alma mater. Heck of a game!
1: What a game! And what an exciting first of all, they play on a teal field. It's Coastal Carolina, and they play in Myrtle Beach. And they're called the Chanta Clears, which is a rooster, (laughs) which is like the meanest, nastiest rooster. They've only been playing for like a few years. I mean, this is and it was exciting how this happened. They were supposed to play Liberty. Liberty had COVID issues, and BYU didn't know till Wednesday or Thursday the game was on. They sent their trucks. They had the week off. They sent their trucks to Myrtle Beach from. Them, bring them, up, you know, from Utah. They're riding across the country, and they're like, if you know, if they would have stopped, they would have turned around, and they're like, okay, the game's on. They had game day there, so you had you know, all the people at like Curb Street and everyone who was there, all the excited. They did this whole thing Mormons versus Mullets because everybody in Coastal Carolina has the mullet haircut, so that became the Mormons versus the Mullets. And uh, Gracie McCall is the freshman from Coastal Carolina. I was real excited because. I see in all these NFL polls that Zach Wilson. Now BYU is, This is also one of the few times that BYU going the game was nine and zero, and Coastal Carolina was nine and zero. So two undefeated teams playing in December. It rarely ever happens. But Zach Wilson is considered one of the. You know, could is going to be playing for maybe a team like the Cowboys. Yeah, he could be a top ten draft pick. But so I wanted to see him in person, and not in person, but actually on TV because I haven't watched BYU. This is the first time I've watched them play all year. But he, first of all, his numbers for the game weren't that great: 240 yards, one touchdown, one interception. But he's extremely athletic and his arm strength is off the charts. I mean, he's like Trevor Lawrence, but he's someone who I could see get drafted from these teams. I mean, you might be one of them sit a year, but he is ext- he, he's everything that I, you know, you don't, I, you can't say, oh, he's going to be great because he plays by BYU with his competition, but he was extremely impressive. Uh, and it was a fun game to watch because, I mean, <laughs> Coastal Carolina, like no one's ever heard of them, but uh, it was just, it was, it was, but BYU, I mean, they came in as having only allowed 90 yards rushing game. Remember, schedule was, was so weak. Now, they knew they were going to have a great team this year. And they had a big schedule. They're independents. They had a big schedule ready. But Coastal Carolina, but they didn't play. Everyone came out, so they've been playing some bad teams. Coastal Carolina torched them by running 281 yards. And, uh, but in the first quarter, Coastal Carolina was up 6-0. Uh, BYU, then by the end, it was like BYU was up 17-13. Uh, then Coastal Carolina came back and uh, tied and made a lead at 22-17. And the one thing about this game that I thought was interesting is that they were really, I think the refs there was this one play where Wilson at the end of the first half threw an interception, and Costa Carolina like beat him up on the interception. And I'm like, wow. And there were a lot of these unnecessary roughness penalties, and they wouldn't throw it you know, I don't think BYU complained that, say, the refs were, you know, we came across the country, we played the schedule on two days' notice, we expect to have fair refs. I just think the refs, I mean, it wasn't like the stands, were 5,000 people in the stands, I just didn't think it was really fair in terms of how that was happened. but it was, uh, it was like one of those things where Costa Carolina had the ball at the end of the game, trying to hold the lead, they had fourth and two uh, at the 45 with a minute to go, they punt, and BYU had this drive down and they threw it to Romney, if everyone knows who Mitt Romney is, I think it's one of his nephews or whatever, <laughs> came down to the 41 pass with, with the 41 yard line, two more completions and they threw it down there. It was, remember the Tennessee, uh, St. Louis Rams Super Bowl when Tennessee Dyson had yep. a ball the one yard. It was exactly what happened. They threw it at the five and the BYU had the guy ball right there, right at the end line, and stopped at the one. And Coastal Carolina won and, and it was great win for them. And uh, you know, not going to get into the playoff, but it was. You know, I think it was exciting game, and it was, it was back and forth both the whole game. Like you said, this was just so cool because of how it came up that they were supposed to play
0: Liberty. They were actually getting ready, Ira, to use Coastal Carolina's away jerseys. If their equipment didn't make it on time, like that was the dedication here. I do have to say too that this is kind of cool. This is the first I went to Middle Tennessee State, who is in the Sun Belt. When I went there, and this will be the first time a Sun Belt schools ever in the top ten. So good for uh, good for <laughs> Coastal Carolina. Um, we don't have that much time left for college uh, for NCAA. But let's talk about Oklahoma here versus Baylor. Well,
1: it was. I just wanted to go over the two games. Oklahoma, it was, Oklahoma had trouble with Baylor. Baylor was two and six. I mean, this is. In one of the situations where I want to mention I think it's really interesting about Oklahoma and Baylor because now they're gonna play in two weeks for the Big Twelve Championship. Baylor oh I was Iowa State blew out West Virginia 42-6. But Matt Campbell's 41 years old. He's the coach at Iowa State. He was four years at Toledo. Now he's been five at Iowa State. Turn the program around. He is on the short list for almost every job. I mean, everyone is talking about Matt Campbell going to a college job or a pro job. So don't, you know, since Matt rules success of Baylor coming forward, people are talking about Campbell. And Lincoln Riley, who we're talking about, could get the, you know, he was going to get the Cowboys job last time. He's 37 years old. So it'll be interesting to see this game because you have these two coaches, one in Oklahoma, which is the, you know, the main program in Iowa State that will be playing for the, for the championship. And then I guess the only other game I want to talk about was that Indiana beat Wisconsin, which I was really surprised with because Wisconsin what they're only two and two was called Indiana six and one. They lost Michael Penix Jr., their star quarterback, who had played a great year for Indiana, but uh, but uh, Jack Tuttle came in their backup, and it was a it was a very it was a good win. I mean Indiana this year, uh, and you talk about a guy like Tom Allen. He was 50 years old, he was 14 years old, he was a high school coach in Indiana. Then he was like the defensive coordinator at Indiana when Kevin Wilson was left because of uh, issues with the program. So he left and was elevated, almost like Dabo Sweeney, as an interim coach. And then he turned it into, and Tom Allen now is one, viewed as one of the top coaches in the country. So inter- the job that Tom Allen has done in Indiana has been amazing.
0: Iron Sports, True Oldies Channel, I'm Mike Balsamo. Let's go over to the NFL. And I we have to go to last Wednesday. And the last time there was a Wednesday NFL game was 1994. I don't even know what would have happened in '94 that caused a uh, a Wednesday game. Before that it was in the '60s. But we got to see Baltimore and your Pittsburgh Steelers play on a Wednesday. It a lot of people are trashing the Steelers after this game. Like, oh, they should have beat them by 50 points. This is still an NFL football team. I don't care if they're starting quarterbacks out, and it's a division rival. Steelers got to win. That's all that counts. And they're they're still undefeated. You
1: have it, right? I mean, that's <laughs> the Steelers are the most. Unappreciated 11 0 team, I think, ever. I mean, everyone's like, oh, yeah, but they went. be I mean, Baltimore is tough and they still have players. And I know J.K. Dobbins was at the game, Mark Ingram was at the game, Lamar Jackson was at the game. But uh, Mike Tomlin called the team out. He said, look, it was a JV Oh, J-. yeah, he was not out. He was funny. He goes, it's a JV game. And then the commentator was, yeah, well, you know, usually when you're in high school, the JVs play like on Wednesday or Thursday. So <laughs> that's really when they should have been playing. But the Steelers got to get their running game. I know James Conner was out, but they really have had trouble all year running the ball. They ended up passing the ball 50 been through 51 times. They only ran it 20 times. But the defense, again, big play. Joe Hayden had a pick six on RJ3, who was substituting for Lamar Jackson. But it was uh, it was like the drop balls. I have never seen the Steelers drop so many balls in a game. Ebron, uh, DeAndre Johnson, I mean, Juju, everyone was dropping balls. It was like, I was cold, I understand, but it wasn't like windy, rainy, whatever. They, they have, I've just, I, they're not a team that really, you know, drops balls like that all the time. Uh, but, you know, it was interesting at the end of the game when RJ got hurt, and Trace McSorley, who I've followed at Penn State, and he came in the game and he threw that long pass to Marquise Brown, Mm -hmm. and it's like Marquise Brown, their star-wide receiver, well, star, but wannabe star-wide receiver. He's their number one. Yeah, was (laughs) complaining that Lamar Jackson isn't getting the ball, and it's so funny that his best player of the year was (laughs) Trace McSorley from Penn State, who I think honestly, I mean... I think he should have been the – back. you see McSorley yeah, he, out there because he, he runs. He, I watched him play at Penn State. He was tremendous at Penn State. He, and he's a running quarterback, and he throws. I think he'd be – like, he should be someone who should pick up. If, like, if they're going to stay next year with RJ3 number as the second backup quarterback, someone's got to think that Trace McSorley should be a backup somewhere. So
0: going back to your point about people cutting the Steelers down, oh, they haven't beat anybody, blah, blah, blah. They, they're winning games, and people – oh, the Chiefs are unbeatable. The Chiefs beat the Broncos last night by six. They beat the Bucks by three. They beat the Raiders by four. Two, a month ago, they beat pa- the Panthers, a bad team, by two. It's not like they're blowing teams out either, and they play lackadaisical, as we've said on the show, a dozen times. So I think it's an unfair criticism that the
1: Steelers are getting for beating literally everybody on their schedule. Right. I mean, it was – and also, the the the, hurt, the thing that's – unfortunately you know, for the Steelers, is Bud Dupree, their star linebacker, got tore his ACL. Like, Devin Bush is out. Now they have two yeah. of their, their two. and But, you know, they put Robert Spillane in play great at D, who replaced Bush. And this Highsmith, who's a rookie, uh, a rookie r- linebacker, they think it really looks great. And people have great reviews and everything. So he... I don't think he's going to step in for Dupree and be as good as Dupree, but hopefully, you know, we don't want a situation where T.J. Watt's going to get quadruple-teamed all the time. So I'm excited to see if Heisman and the Steelers' defense can stay. You know, They still have Mika Fitzpatrick and Joe Hayden and they have all these other players that are playing with two-it came back. So I think they're, you know, the Steelers' defense is still going to be very, very, very good. And uh, it was like a win's a win and they played on Wednesday and they went through all this and now the question is what they're going to do today against the, against Washington because they're going to have less, you know, less rest and everything. So we talked about Kansas City. Let's bring it up. And, you know, Kansas- Kansas City did get a win, wasn't
0: the prettiest win. Um, a lot of b- busted red zone opportunities for them, but really weird fantasy implications in this game. I remember for one, Clyde Edwards Hilaire gets activated before the game, comes out suited up in equipment, doesn't touch the field once, and Tyreek Hill had two touchdowns that should have been that were called back one for a review and one for a really
1: cheap looking penalty. I, it was one of the weirdest games, first of all. I didn't know, I like people, also have you know, I had. Dobbins, who could have played tomorrow. So I had... And I'm waiting. Do I want to start Clyde Edward Slayer? He had a stomach... His stomach was upset. It was not COVID-related. It was just he was out for two practices. So when they announced that he's active... The NFL players, the only 45 guys on the field, you, you, you play them. Like, if you activate someone, unless they're a quarterback, you play them. And so the idea was that if he was going to be activated, he wasn't going to just play special teams. He was going to play. But to sit him on the bench the whole game, it made no sense. It, was just, it made no sense. And they said he was active. And that's where, I mean, it's one of the few times, I mean, I do this in fantasy all the time. Rarely do you hear that someone's active. You hear that someone gets active and they read Like, Devontae Parker early this year was nursing an injury, came in the game, and got injured again. But, but not even, at least he showed up in the game. Hilaire didn't even play, so that messed everyone up. And that touchdown to Hill, that was crazy. So they throw a 50-yard touchdown to Hill. And the fact that Hill doesn't know he caught it, the fact that Andy Reid doesn't wait and he punts the ball, he doesn't challenge it, but it, it doesn't even, he couldn't, forget about challenging it, just call a timeout yeah. and let someone review it. But I just, I mean, it just shows that the lackadaisical nature of the Chiefs, they don't care. Like, literally, I, I've never seen a team. It's like they're going out there, they're just going through the motions. We saw this last <laughs> week. We talked about it in the Bucs game. And then this gets back to the Steelers. People say the Steelers, I keep hearing Steelers have no chance against the Bucks. Steelers have no chance. I'm like, no, if the Bucks against the Chiefs, if the Chiefs don't want to win by t- you're gonna you can lose the game. Like it's if they're not gonna blow if they were blowing everyone out 50 to nothing, I'd say, no, Steelers have no chance against the Chiefs. But if the Chiefs want to play this, sloppy just messed up game and of course at the end of the game they end up they win they do everything to win the game but it was so bad I mean 22-16 uh they were they were losing at one point in the game it was just it was just terrible and even though at 19-16 they only had to kick the field goal they couldn't even score that touchdown Mm -hmm. they had that you know they threw it to Hill you know it was nineteen sixteen, score the touchdown make it go 26-16 it was just you know in the first half Kansas City went three field goals two punts you know, that's not what, that's not Kansas City. You don't get, for the game, they, how many field goals do they have? Four, four field goals? They, they, they got to convert on touchdowns. They didn't run the ball well enough. I, I, look, I, if you want to criticize the Steelers, so the Steelers play, right, Kansas City played terrible too. There was an interesting stat they showed. I don't know if you caught this. Um, only
0: two teams this, uh, so far in this season have gone six straight red zone attempts without getting a touchdown. And it's the Giants, the Jets, and then last night it was K- Kansas City. So that's a
1: pretty telling stat. Right and then there. you saw what, what's frustrating about the Steeler fan because we had to get a running game. Because you see where the Chiefs have some trouble against run. Melvin Gordon ran for 131 yards, yeah. and they couldn't. They had trouble tackling him. And that's where that's what happened with Tennessee last year with Henry. So you're thinking. So you almost think of Tennessee, as much as Tennessee got, had a terrible game against Cleveland, but I think Tennessee still provides the challenge to Kansas City because they can they could run the ball. These teams that could run, like if Minnesota play Kansas City, that would be a big was a matchup. That I think that's one of the, but like the Steelers can't get the running game going to cause Kansas City some problems.
0: Yeah, that's that'll be their issue if they played today. Um, Cincinnati and Miami. Um, Miami got a, a much needed win here. Very chippy game. A lot of ejections, a lot of uh, fisticuffs and whatnot.
1: Tua looked okay. Not good at the beginning, but enough to get the win. You know, his final stat line was 26 for 39, one touchdown, zero interceptions, zero sacks. Oh, great game for Tua. I thought he was terrible in the first half. <laughs> like, I think he was so close to getting pulled. Like, if there was the pool meter was like a 10, <laughs> it was like a 9.5. Like, there were passes where he was bouncing at the wide receivers. And, oh, Devontae Parker, could they run, can they practice this? How many, I mean, I have Devontae Parker in my fantasy, so you're watching it, but they run these out where he just goes in the end zone, and his passes are terrible. I mean, they just, he has, it's, it doesn't work. Like, they tried four times Devontae Parker in the end zone, and they're four incompletions. It's just bad throws on It was bad it. throws. There was a point in that first half. I mean, the Dolphins at some point in games look so, so bad. And... Uh, there, but, you know, Xavier Howard, interception. He has, he has eight interceptions. Leads, the league, he leads yeah. the league, 20 interceptions in 52 games, which only Ed Reed has more in the history of the NFL in those first 20 games. Um, but it was like one of those things where, then Cincinnati actually, the defense gave up a touchdown to Boyd when they made a, it was a terrible play on Cincinnati's, in Miami's fault to give up the touchdown, 72 yard touchdown. Uh, and then Grant dropped that, finally Tua gets a great pass, and Grant drops it right <laughs> on his fingers. And then it was just, too, how about, the, one of the key plays was Tua fumbled the ball. They called a fumble. And a touchdown, and then they reversed it. But they were close. I thought that could have gone either way, that 2 of 1. It was like 50 50. And I think that would have been an issue what would happen. But it was like. So many penalties, unnecessary roughness penalties. It was a mess. And then they finally Boyd and Howard got in a fight. In the, end. they were pushing something. They threw both of them out of the game. So those guys get thrown out. Then you get then halftime comes and it's just then the defense really kicked in. I mean they they gave up. Carl Vinoy had three sacks, five tackles for losses. Shaq Lawson had two sacks. Um, in the second half, Cincinnati ran twenty three plays. They only gave, gained 23 yards on 23 plays. Um, but the key thing was the fight. I and mean, that's what everyone is talking about, is that Mike Thomas. This, so they punt. Cincinnati punts the ball twice. The first time they put Jakeem Grant goes to return the punt. Mike Thomas got there probably right when the ball came in. He hit him. It was probably gone. Mm-hmm. Unnecessary roughness penalty. Could have gone either way. The next time they punted the ball. He hit them. I swear, I thought he killed Grant. He crashed into him. The ball <laughs> it was, was, nowhere, it was nowhere near. So then everyone's pushing and shoving. Punches are being thrown. Everything's being whatever. Parker gets thrown out of the game. And Flores comes over, you thought that Flores... I mean, I think some people were there. It was hard to determine who was throwing punches, who's not. And they only threw Parker and uh, Matt Hollis out of the game. But it could have... I mean, Brian Flores could have got ejected yeah. for running, being in the middle of the whole thing. But it shows. I mean, it shows the fight, I guess. But they got to really clean up a lot of the unnecessary roughness. But but I think Cincinnati, like, who are you? Like, Vontae Versick. Like, Vontae's <laughs> perfect It's not on your team. Like, this is not, like, this is the old society team. Like, what are you doing with all this fighting? And the, it was just, that was really bad. So, Ira, I don't think there's a team in the league
0: that's more Jekyll and Hyde than the Tennessee Titans. Last week, destroy the Colts in a very important division matchup. Week before that, beat the Ravens. Two weeks before that, lose to the Bengals. And then yesterday, if you... Happened to uh, get a drink at the start of the one o'clock games. By the time you sat down, it was like 21-28-0 uh, Cleveland. They just
1: destroyed them. I mean, they battled back at the end, but what are, that's a, just a really, really bad game for the Titans? The back at the end was just hopeless. I mean, you had to turn that game off. It was Tennessee went in the game with the league leading lead, you're leading, but you have only five turnovers of the season. So the least amount of turnovers anyone in the league. They had three turnovers in this one yeah. game. So five out of ten games, and they have three in one game. I mean, the first half was insane. I mean, they uh it's Cleveland went up 3-0. Titans go on 4th. You know it was a bad sign when they went on 4th and 1 with Henry, and he gets stopped. Yeah. And and they, they crushed Henry all game. <laughs> the whole game. I mean, it was the two best rushing offenses in the league, and the Browns outrushed him 118-62. to And then touchdown Cleveland, and then Henry fumbles. So he go on 1st down, he has to get it. Then he fumbles the ball. Then then, then the Cleveland scores another touchdown. And then they threw another touchdown. Their touchdowns were like 74-yard passes to Lane, mm-hmm. you know, 75 to People's Jones. I'd never heard of People's Jones. <laughs> <laughs> then Titan from Michigan. But then Titan Titans three and out. Then another Cleveland touchdown. Then Titans went three and out. Another. So it was like Cleveland had the ball six times in the first half. They had five touchdowns and a field goal. The Titans had the same possession. They had it two fumbles, two three and outs, and they went one time they went on a fourth down and didn't get it. They were out first down to twenty two to six. Complete disaster. And uh, Mayfield, you know, four three hundred yards, four touchdowns. Uh, Chubb had uh, Chubb and Hunt ran the ball not as you know well enough to to to. It was weird at the end of the game. It was a crazy end of the game. I'm going to say this about the whole thing. I mean everyone's ready to write out. The Tennessee still has a 8 and 4 against Indy. They're still 8 and 4. They still have the the lead in the division mm-hmm. in terms of how the tie breaking works. I'm going to write this game off for Tennessee. I still like this team. I like, I like them, too. I like Corey Davis. I like A.J. Brown as wide receivers. Henry's a great running back. Tannehill's a good quarterback. I think their defense does have issues, as you can see. They'll go up 30 points and a half. But I'm not ready to just—I'm not prisoner in a moment on Tennessee. This is a bad game. They are Jekyll and Hyde, but uh, I think they'll get their act together. And it's like you said. I think they match up great against teams like
0: Kansas City, teams like Pittsburgh. You know, so, I mean, so they'll have opportunities in the AFC uh, AFC playoff race if they do make it. The team that they're fighting to make it with is— In their division, it's Indianapolis, and this game really could have gone Houston's way, and Indy made a
1: huge play at the end to take this one from Deshaun Watson. Right, I mean... Deshaun Watson. I mean, people are saying MVP Deshaun Watson, and I I know he's a great quarterback. I'm not saying bench him. He's not Carson Wentz, but he's still four and eight, and he's lost these eight losses. A couple of them are on him, and he they, he had his chance to win this game. So they it was uh, 24-20, and uh, in the first half. So in the first half, Indianapolis was up 24-20. Houston in the second half scored zero points. and Indy scored two. Whole second half, <laughs> you know. So and then and two of them were because Watson had the ball and he got sacked for a safety. And he I mean it was a terrible play on his part. So that made it 26-20. And then they're driving there second and goal and he fumbled the ball, just fumbled the snap. So he had you know first of all he gives the safety. They still have a chance. They're driving down. They're down 20-26. they're ready to score a touchdown and he doesn't score there. So again, I just think it's a situation where he's 4 and 8, but I can point to some some other losses where I think Deshaun Watson just hasn't had that type of year. And I know they lost the firing the coach and all these other things, but it was a win in Annapolis, look, Rivers he 285 yards, two touchdowns, and they're finally getting everything going. Like I look at these teams like, is your quarterback playing well? Are you getting some running back? Jonathan Taylor, 13 carries, 91 yards, three catches, 44. The guy from Wisconsin who's finally coming on for yeah. that team. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, eight catches, 110 yards, and Pittman had five catches, 46, the rookie from USC. So you're starting to see Indianapolis develop into something. I like, you know, besides Rivers being 100,000 years old, the rest of the team is young and, and getting there. So <laughs> if I had told you, Ira, that a quarterback had
0: 69 total passing yards, and that team won by 45 points, and he had 32 fantasy points. You would think I was absolutely insane, yet that's what happened yesterday with Cam Newton and
1: the Patriots. I'm just saying, don't sleep on the Patriots. I mean, they're 6-6, six and six, and they're two games out of the playoffs, and there's four games left. But if Bill Belichick can figure this out, and you could just see the mastery of this, and in now in back-to-back weeks, I mean, he really understands how to beat these, uh, you know, the quarterbacks in terms of, uh, uh, you know, to stop... Uh, Herbert. I mean, Herbert was looking His first right. bad game ever. Yeah, and it was just it did not play well. And uh, I just think it's one of those things where now he goes, you know, he has to go against Tua and Goff and see, you know, see what happens. But uh, it was the worst loss in Chargers history. Uh, just one of those type of things where... where New England rushed. They returned a punt for a touchdown. It's the first time in since 1990, like in 20 years, they returned a punt for a touchdown. And they blocked a field goal at the end of the first half. We ended up 35 nothing at the end. It's sort of like the the Browns game at the end of the first half. They almost ran a second punt back too.
0: That went down to about the 20. So, Ira, think about this though. Right now, you know, we saw the the um, strength of schedule numbers come out yesterday, and as of now, the Jaguars have a weaker stre- strength of schedule than the Jets. So if the Jaguars and the Jets get to the same record, the Jaguars would get the number one pick as of today. Last game of the season for the Jets is against the Bills. I mean, it's against the the Patriots. (laughs) What do you think are the odds if the Patriots are not in the, the playoff contention that Bill Belichick rolls over and lets the Jets not, beat him in Week not, Seventeen? You never, don't think so? No, he'll never let that. Th- no, he's, if it is
1: to keep Trevor Lawrence away, I, I, I'm not putting anything past Bill Belichick. See, but this is what I like about the Patriots' chances. So they've already beat the Cards. With Kyler Murray, they, you know, Kyler Murray was looking fantastic, unstoppable. They showed how to stop Belichick. Figured out we're going to stop Kyler Murray. Then they shut Justin Herbert, who looked like he's so. They're going against these young quarterbacks now. He still has. They have the Rams. Dolphins, Bills, and Jets left. Now the Jets, whatever, as we talked about, and but the Dolphins with Tua. Now you see what he's done already to these these great young quarterbacks. He crushes young quarterbacks, right? And I think he's going. to, You saw what he did with to Goff in the Super Bowl. I mean, I'm really like, I mean, I think they I, they're they're six and six. They really have to go nine and seven the rest of the way, or three and one the rest of the way to to have any legitimate chance. And they let them go four and zero. But I still think they're in the mix in terms of you can see every time you I try to say what the playoff picture is, it's like no, these teams lose and like Tennessee had their loss like they did so. So I do think there's a chance and, and I and I think that boy, Belichick, if he gets in the playoffs, who knows what's gonna happen. So we talked
0: about the Jets. Let's talk about this game now. One of the most bizarre games you're ever gonna see. And the Jets find ways to lose. They did it in extraordinary fashion yesterday, 31 to 28 on a last second bomb to Henry Ruggs. Everybody's probably seen the play right now. Greg Williams decided to rush everyone, left a one-on-one with Ruggs. Ruggs burnt a rookie cornerback. A lot of my Jets fans, friends, think that this was on purpose that this was a call from above his head telling Greg Williams to lose this game on purpose. And then he gets fired today. I think that's the most asinine thing I've ever heard in my life, Ira. What do you think? Well, what
1: I think is funny is that everybody said it. It's not just that it's a crazy thing. It's like... Group think. It's like everyone said, oh, the Jets lost it on purpose, Greg Williams, and also the Greg Williams is so stupid. Well, Greg Williams, this is how he plays, their defense. He did it with Cleveland, like they showed the plays on uh, first thing, but I remember other plays, like I follow Greg Williams. I mean, they I think they had a bad reason. I, Greg Williams likes to rush because, and this is what they talk about all the time, so Hail Mary play. We've seen the people win on Hail Mary plays. The idea is, why should an Aaron Rodgers run around in the pocket for 10 minutes as he's running around, let everybody go down and then sit in the end zone, rush the guy, so then the people don't have a chance to get down the end zone. I don't think it's so stupid to rush everyone. No, I do think it's stupid to let rugs go and make bad plays. But I mean, the idea that you fire the coach because, because of that one play is crazy when you know that's his modus operandi. And the point is that you want to rush the quarterback and not let a guy get down the end zone to sit there because there's the chance. We've seen how many of these plays with these guys Hopkins you just saw yep. for Arizona where he jumped up and caught the ball. So again, you don't want to have the chance for the quarterback to run around, have the wide receivers jump down, rush the quarterback, make him make a quick play and whatever. It didn't work. It didn't work. They it didn't work <laughs> but the idea to fire the coach and to say that was fixed is ludicrous if, if that was the the, the
0: thing if, if the gm or the owner phoned down and said let up a touchdown here you're gonna fire the guy he did what you wanted him to do and you'd think he would come out today and say they told me to do that just to save his own record so he doesn't look completely incompetent i think that's crazy what you know what else you think is crazy ira there's a lot of rumors today that bill cower is linked to to being the next Jets head coach. I don't know if I buy into this, but I think it's exciting. Well, I think it's exciting. It's
1: weird. People think, he, well, he hasn't coached in fourteen years. It's a long time. So, and he, but when he was a coach, that the Steelers one hundred and fifty and ninety in and and the last two years or three years, two or last three years fifteen and one. Lost the Patri- Patriots in the AFC Championship in two thousand four, two thousand five, won the Super Bowl. And uh, in a, all his years, he was eight times he was the first place in the division. He coached a young. It's interesting about Bill Coward People forget is that he coached Ben Rotzenberger. So what's weird when he retired? People are like why he was really struggling with the whole Tom Donahue. There was all, all these players that you don't people don't even remember with the Steelers, but he wanted to. To have more of a say in the decision making. And so he was issue fighting with that. And he but he had a young Ben. How many people have a Hall of Fame quarterback that you just you give it up. Yeah. Like you don't leave. And you're young himself. Was he's, in his, he left. he's in fifty, he's in his early fifties and he walks away, or actually late 40s, and he walks away from the game and just gives it up. And then he goes in. But he liked to live in New York. He enjoyed living in New York. And so that's why he's been broadcasting all this time. Mm-hmm. But he's, he's oh, been linked to the Giants a dozen li- times. He's been looking to the Giants and he's been like and he said, and the issue was that he didn't want to go. There was a talk with him going when Mike Tannenbaum was a coach of Jets and he hated Mike Tannebaum. He's like, <laughs> I don't want to go there. But he made what, what Boomer as had reported this. So Boomer said, he says, I like Joe Douglas. Who's so the GM Now that's going to be Like if you like the GM Like if No one's going to give Their entire team To Bill Cowher now Maybe 14 years ago They would have But yeah. not now Well it been Gruden? Gruden Although oh, no, they do have Mayock but still Right But I think it was That situation Now the one comparison Would also be Dick Vermeil. Dick Vermeil was Coach of Phillies From 76 to 82 Out for 15 years Came back with the Rams And they won the Super Bowl yeah. And came back to do that I think, honestly, I think it would be a great hire. I think the way the coaches are now, which is the motivation and just sort of the CEO of the organization and those things like that, I, I, I thought he did a great job with the Steelers. I think they were fired and ready to go every game. I, his problem was Belichick. I mean, he lost a lot of those AFC playoff games. Um, his question was in the playoffs. He'd always make the playoffs It just had problems. And I think it would be an interesting hire for the Jets. Um, we're talking about Adam Gase. Like, there's no chance <laughs> he's going to be brought back in, in those situations. But also because he was going to coach Trevor Lawrence, and again, I think he did a great job with Ben. So it be interesting to see a similar type of players.
0: So let's go to talk about L.A. and Arizona. L.A.'s sneaky good, Ira. And we'll talk a little bit about the, the uh, Seahawks in a little bit. But L.A.'s looking like uh, they are, might be the team that comes out of this division. Whereas I thought that, you know, at the beginning of the season, that they'd be fourth. And here they are, 8-4 eight, eight and four with a nice win over the division
1: rival uh, Cardinals. Uh, I mean, the Rams, I, I can't get over... When you see something, when I saw them playing against Miami and Goff just fumbles the ball yeah. left and right, they lose to the 49ers and Goff is fumbling. And then they come back in this game. I just I cannot get on the Rams bandwagon. Like, I just can't get on it. I just can't get on yeah, Goff. But if there's, if, there's, if there's, Seattle loses yesterday, it's like, who's going to come out of this division? I mean, Sean, I think they have the best defense in the division. Sean McVeigh, the coach, calls Goff off, finally, because he's been coddling yeah. him forever, for years. And he finally said, he's, he can't turn the ball. Again. He's fumbling. He leads the league in fumbles. It's Ludicrous. And he he had a great game: 351 yards, a touchdown, one sack, and zero fumbles. I mean, they out yarded them 462 to 232, almost doubled the amount of yards. And Arizona, which was <laughs> you talk about prisoner of moments. I mean, three games ago, they're like Kyler Murray's the MVP, they're amazing, they're great. Now they've lost two. They were six and three, riding high. Now they've lost to the Seahawks, Pats, and Rams, and they're probably maybe not gonna make the playoffs. I mean, everything that just shows what's happened in the in in everything. And the Rams, the stat about Sean McVay at halftime when he's 33-0 and when he has crazy. a lead. That is a crazy that stat's crazy yeah. to be up 33 and zero and have that. You're liking that the Rams are running the ball because they lost Gurley. Remember they Kim had the Cam Akers looked good, and Henderson had that long run at the end Mm of the game. Uh, uh, General, you know, the uh, long run at the end of the game. So, I think it's great, and when you have a defense like Jalen Ramsey, when you put him on Hopkins, so Hopkins is of course one of the elite wide receivers. Elite, he caught the ball eight times, but as long as catches for ten yards, Ramsey, even when he like, gives up a reception, he doesn't let you get. He doesn't get burned deep usually. I mean, every now and then he does, but then they ta- <laughs> but then they tackle him and don't let him get any yards after a catch. So he's great. So their defense is, you know, their defense did with Aaron Donald and everything, tough defense. I, look, I'm I, he limited Hopkins for sure. Yes, the Rams are eight and four. I'm not sold on them yet because I'm just not sold on golf. But the point is that it was a good win over there I, i'm not sold on them either i'm not calling the super bowl but i think that they have to be the. well not only
0: are they leading the division but they've got to be the favorites right now because they have the best defense and let's talk about the other game i mean, this was seattle 11 point favorites at home against the giants you have to win this game and now they the division slips away from them and as a giants
1: fan Ari, this is the first time i've been excited about this team in, in five six years well the giants have Lost to Quan Barkley and they really have Alfred Morris and Wayne Galman running the ball, yeah. which most people don't know who they are. And they still ran the ball. we know Seattle was. A we didn't bad, have Daniel Jones yesterday. We we know that they started Colt McCoy, and they ran for 190 yards on Seattle. Now Seattle's defense is a mess. I mean, if you're giving up 190 yards to the Giants in a situation where they're uh, you know five nothing decimated. Yeah, you know, you know, it was it was they they were they were up five nothing five nothing crazy score, and then they go down seventeen five, and then. There was that point in the game where it's 17 5, and then um, and, uh, it, well, uh, Russell Wilson. He had 12 interceptions total. I looked at the stat. 2018-2019 is 11 this year. I mean, the, everything about Russell Wilson is smart with a ball. doesn't make mistakes. Does everything. Finally, he looks like Jared Goff out there with these <laughs> stupid passes. And it started like the Bills game when he was throwing that. He's 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 had a me- he's done a mess. But they score a touchdown and then they have first and 10 on the Giants 46. So th- this is the chance. They're down 17-12. This is their chance to win the game. Russell Wilson the ball. How many? We talk about this all the time. Every time it he happens. He's now two weeks in a row. He's just uh, two incompletions. Then he has a stupid sack. And then he's fourth and 18 and he can't do it. Game over. I mean, I just, I felt like it was perfect. Like, you know, and this is what I say about Kansas City. You think it works. You think, oh, I'll come and win whenever I want to, Patrick Mahomes. But it's, the the margins between failure and success, sometimes are so narrow. If you want to play like this and think you're going to come back all the time, it might not happen. So the Giants did an excellent
0: job of getting to the quarterback without blitzing. And and that was the difference. Russell Wilson was scrambling the entire game and we were able to drop guys back into coverage to, to limit his options. And this was the first time, because of how well they played, when he got that ball on that final drive, I wasn't completely, I wasn't like, well, game's over. I was thinking, Giants have a shot here. And they came up with a big sack and a big win because of it. It, it was a huge
1: game. Yeah, we got to give credit to Joe Judge. I mean, that hire was so late. He's, so like, he's a special teams coach. What does he know? In his first press conference, he, he's got guys running laps. Uh, yeah, they're running, <laughs> and he's, he's hes trying to be Belichick and, and that. But I loved it. We talked about this on our show. I like what he said. He goes, look, as a special teams coach, and encounter was a special teams coach, too. Mm-hmm. That people forget. Bill Belichick. Uh, Belichick was. <laughs> but, they, but the point is, that I, I have to work with every player on the team, like every single player. So I'm not just an offensive person, and I'm just with my the defense. I mean, I'm literally knowing all the players. And when you're talking about this league, working with people, that's what they did.
0: No, absolutely. Huge hire on Joe Judge and a big win. So <laughs> Carson Wentz, this guy Ira, he seems to be getting worse by the quarter, not by the week, not by the month. Every time I see this guy get the ball, he looks worse. Jalen Hurts gets his first action, and he doesn't
1: look good, but he does get his first career touchdown. Green Bay just kind of had the Eagles number all day, though. Well, Green Bay's nine and three now, and that sets them up right behind uh, behind New Orleans yeah. for the for the se- for the second seed. And it was a it was a good one for them. Eagles who are trying that mix of the NFC East battling with the Giants. So with the Giants winning and the Eagles losing, now that you know if the Washington loses today, this gives them this advantage. I mean, the Giants might get this division. Yeah. They're playing well. I mean, they've won five of the last seven games. But it was Wentz. Again, the storyline is he's, the high, everyone knows, he signed a $100 million contract. He's owed $30 million if they cut him no matter next year. And all this, and he was supposed to be the superstar player. And he's just regressing and regressing and regressing and making mistakes. And uh, it was 14-3 at the half. And they finally, he was 6 for 15 for 79 yards. And they pulled him out of the game. And uh, at the same time, when Wentz is regressing, Rodgers had, had a monstrous game. He had uh, his 400th touchdown pass, only Brady, Breeze, Manning, Favre, and Rivers, and Marino have 400 touchdown passes. So that was... And then they bring in Hurts in for Wentz. And he had a nice drive there. And you, so it was, it was like, but it still, he had an interception. It was, it was like, okay. Like, you want to get excited because he was better than Wentz. And I think what Hurts, Jalen Hurts brings, what he did for Oklahoma, he knows how to run the ball. And... Again, I don't want to get too excited because the way the Packers were playing defense, they had a lead. They were up by two and a half, two touchdowns. So the point was that they were sort of giving the space in the field. They're like, if you want to run and waste time, we're just not going to give any long bombs down. Yeah. So that was the situation that we were able to pull away. Uh, and Rogers ended with 300 yards and three touchdowns. And it really, I think now with Russell Wilson struggling, and if you want to give it to Ben, I think if the Steelers go undefeated, I think you got it. To- Really consider Ben for the MVP. Otherwise, it's going to be come to Mahomes and uh, and Aaron Rodgers, uh, just like we're talking about Mac Jones and Kyle Trask. I mean, they, you know, Mahomes has 31 touchdowns, two interceptions, with a 113 quarterback rating, and uh, Rodgers 36, five more touchdowns and two more interceptions. So they're really both having a tremendous year, uh, and the one but two more two extra losses for Aaron Rodgers. So we'll see. I mean, I think wait wait four more games, see what happens in terms of who's going to get the MVP. Yeah, we still got a quarter of the season to go. Is there anybody? as
0: unguardable as Devontae Adams in the league at wide receiver. Travis Kelsey, yeah, but he's a tight end. But Devontae Adams just catches every He's not the biggest guy. Not the best route runner. He's unstoppable. Ira.
1: It's, it's amazing. On fourth and goal. Where other teams would run the yeah, ball, they, they, throw they to just Adams. they just throw to Adams like that to them. It's safer. It's safer to throw to Adams than it is to, for Rogers to Adams than it is to run the ball. But I do it's have insane. to say the one thing, the one narrative that I will have to say is I have no idea why Green Bay couldn't draft a Jefferson and all Crazy. these other ro- rookies. I mean, they not, can't stop the run. I they mean, took a quarterback in the they, first round. They they they, they to, to not get a star wide receiver on this team and put him with Rodgers would have been with, uh, to compliment Adams would have been amazing. And I just. I just it's like they really wanted to, I don't know what they were thinking and they got criticized when they made it at Jordan Love and Jordan Love might be a great quarterback and we haven't seen him talk talked to his name the whole year and he's a backup quarterback. No, he won't. And I just like <laughs> you have a you have a generational quarterback. It's like like when Marino with Duper Clay like you have you're not gonna get like Aaron Rodgers is not walking through that door again. Like it's over. You're not Jordan Love is The is not, Closing. You you got I mean, do they think they're that lucky? They had Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. Guess what? Jordan Love is not gonna be that and it's not gonna happen, and you're not gonna you're not gonna get lightning in the bottle three times in a row. So get him a great wide receiver. Stupid And your second round
0: pick is a running back. Meanwhile, you had the leading rushing uh, rushing touchdown leader in Aaron Jones last year who had a 77-yard touchdown, by the way. Jacksonville versus Minnesota. Minnesota's been this team lately, Ira, that everyone's like, watch out for Minnesota. They're sneaky good. They're going to slide in the playoffs. They didn't look very good yesterday. And Jacksonville... Had a Chance to win this game and, and blew it. And I, I'm sure their Jacksonville fans are happy about that. Well, they're happy they lost, just like the Jets fans.
1: Like, I drove in here and somebody they're Jets, thrilled, Jets fans. You no, know, I have I heard a guy call a radio show and he said, Oh, I'm so upset, I'm so depressed. We lost the game. I go, Are you what? crazy? <laughs> it's like he hasn't eaten since the game. And I'm like, What are you talking about? Are you like, what is so bad? But I mean, the point is, I look Minnesota's six and six, and so is New England. I think that Minnesota's a team that started out one and five. We put the fork in them, they're done, they're finished. But they hung in there, and I just like Jacksonville just Loses every game close. I mean, they start Mike Glennon, and he comes in there and he played okay. I love James Robinson, the running back. He's Not so only he's on my fancy team, but it was a good game because he he ran and Delvin Cook ran for Minnesota. He carried the ball 32 times for 120. I love when NFL running backs carry the ball 30 times. And Justin Jefferson is just amazing. He had uh, nine catches for 121 yards, and and he's uh, oh he's only one of five wide receivers to have a thousand yards in their first 12 starts in the league. And Jefferson played for LSU. Just you've just seen every. Game and, and he compliments Theum so well. So I do yeah. like Minnesota as much as I, you know, they play weird, they make mistakes, they end up winning the game. I mean, both teams had a chance to kick a field goal. It goes into overtime and they make the play and they finally, the guy, and they missed. Minnesota won the game. They, they missed, they had two extra points missed yeah. to,
0: to lose the game. Dan Bailey missed a field right. goal too. Um, yeah, no, you're right, though. Justin, who thought that uh, losing Stephon Diggs would be an upgrade? Stephon Diggs is having a career year in Buffalo, and they're having a career year with a rookie. It's right. just uh, amazing. Good job for them. And Hey, a win's a win. Uh, Falcons versus the Saints. The Falcons, I just don't know what to do with this team. They they just don't look good.
1: I think the Falcons, I'm putting them in the same uh, with the Texans. They're both 4-8 and eight with superstar quarterbacks. And it seems like teams that were going to be very great and just had been struggled all year, and so I think that's. A, but but I think the story is about the Saints. They lose Drew Brees, and now they beat Atlanta twenty four nine, Denver thirty one three, and Atlanta twenty one sixteen with Taysom Hill at quarterback, and that was the key. They've been able to get through all their issues and uh, and and you know stay, keep that number one seed and waiting for Brees to come back, which could be in a game or two to come back. I'm shocked. I mean, there's a question: Do we start Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill? And, and Sean Payton made the correct choice.
0: Iron sports. True, all these. Channel on Mike Balsamo. So, this game is probably almost over now, but the line on this is it was up to about eight and a half Steelers and Redskins. It's at about six or six and a half now. I like the Redskins with the points, Ira. I don't know why. I just, I could see them hanging around and they play ugly, sloppy, rough games. And I think that's what this is going to be. I don't want to jinx it. I don't want to jinx anything (laughs) with this game. Um, Let's talk about Bills and 49ers. They're going to play a little bit later today. I don't know about this one. It's being played at a neutral site because the 49ers are kicked out of California. <laughs> what are you thinking in this one? I kind of like the 49ers
1: with getting just a point or so. Well, the idea is that now that the third seed in the um – at six and six, they're actually going to be in a situation to have the uh, six and six would be in the playoffs. So the Niners, who I thought were completely out of the picture, no chance at all. If they win tonight, they'll be six and six. The Bills at eight and three, and the, the Dolphins fans, like, wow, if the Bills lose them. We're, the Dolphins will tie with them. So it's like, I couldn't, but I can't believe the line won. Like, yeah. I mean, I thought the Bills should be much better. Like, I've watched all these teams play. The Bills are a better teams yeah, than the game Niners. For San Fran. It's not a home team game. I just don't get it. They have no Jimmy Garoppolo, no, no George Kittle at the, uh, at the, the tight end position. I know they're getting a lot of their other players back, but their defense still, I, I just, I'm shocked about this game. That's what think, makes me think it's a trick. It's just I, too low. I think the Bills blow them out. I don't, been, <laughs> I bet could be wrong. I've been wrong on Monday Monday picks all week, but I, all year. But I, I think the, I, I really think the Bills will be 9 and 3 when this game's over. A huge tell me game happens tomorrow, Ira. It's Ravens versus the
0: Cowboys. And I think that this is where we're going to see what is the 2020 Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson. The Cowboys suck. So they should roll this team over. If, if
1: Lamar looks bad again, I'm a little bit worried if I'm a Ravens fan. Well, this is actually an elimination game. We're finally now with the season. You're starting to get games where if, if this is this is if, it. If the Ravens lose this game, uh, I, I think they're out. Like, I think they're out. And I think if the Cowboys lose this game, they're out. So I think this is the situation because they'll be two. The Ravens would be two games back. Now, I'm saying, how would they be out? But New England's not in. I just think it's a bad. Even though they have an easier. I think it's a. I think they have this is a must win for each team because the guy that each team would be two games back in the playoff picture if they lose. Uh, and the line is eight and a half by the Ravens. But that's why I think for the points, I like the Cowboys with the eight and a half because I don't think the, I don't feel like the Ravens are blowing anybody out. So now we, we don't have
0: all that much time left here, Ira. Let's go to golf. Um, Victor Hovland. Amazing young gun and he gets a really nice win and he he had to earn this one. It wasn't easy, but congratulations to Victor Hovland.
1: Yeah, he's the twenty three year old from Norway who played at Oklahoma State. He won the Puerto Rican Open in February. Um, you might have remembered at the Masters uh, last year he was like in the in the mix in the leaderboard 32nd then he finished 12th at the US Open this year 13th at the US Open uh, he's ranked 15th in the world people talk about him I mean Victor Hovland is something people talk about so it's nice to see him you know sink you know he saved par on the 17th 16th hole with a 40 yard uh, save and then he delivered a 12 foot birdie putt on the final hole to win just like he did to Puerto Rico um, and he beat this guy Adam Weiss who was a former NCAA champion at, at Oregon who's actually a really good player a young player so it was like well those tournaments that that it it was actually somebody who's in Mexico City but Justin Thomas he shot a 62 on a Saturday and it was six strokes back in 12th place but uh, Daniel Berger played in this uh Keith Mitchell won the Honda uh, two years ago played in it and Brooks and uh, Kepka and Gary Woodland missed the cut in it so let's go to the NBA Houston Rockets have a new GM and
0: what is he playing like fantasy basketball here they trade Russell Westbrook for John
1: Wall and a first round pick this to me is just strange it's it's like one of these. Cra- so James Harden doesn't like he doesn't like Chris Paul. So they traded Chris Paul, and they, for after a year, now he goes. I don't like Russell Westbrook <laughs> after a year. So now they get. Now he goes. I like John Wall. So he, so they're trying to make Harden happy, so he stays. Wall hasn't played. If people forget, like who's Don Wall again? We well, haven't played in two years. He tore his Achilles like twice. So the fact that I don't know if he's ever going. No, he's younger than Westbrook by a couple years. But each Westbrook and Wall both had three years and 120 million. That's 40 million a year on their contract. They're both considered the two most untradeable contracts. So just trade trading for, for themselves. But <laughs> I do like. I think uh, this trade, I think, is much better. I'm a Westbrook fan, and I like Westbrook a lot. I think he's a much better player than Wall. And, and, I think, and he's never been in the East. Let's see what he does in the East uh, with Bradley Beale. And I think yeah. Bradley Beale with Washington. Washington I love this like I really I think Brad unlike unlike Harden Bradley Beal doesn't have to control the ball the whole mm-hmm. game Bradley Beal is a great shooter. So is Harden, but Bradley Beal is, is, doesn't have to... He's, just, you know, he just he's not ball it. dominant. Ball yeah. dominant to whatever. I, I like this team, and I, they also have this uh, Burtons on their team, who's another great three-point shooter. So you put Beal, Burtons on the team with Westbrook, and then the pressure on Westbrook isn't to shoot. Like, oh, Westbrook can't shoot threes. Well, he doesn't have to. Just drive. I like this It's trade. a great trade for, uh, for, for Wizards. Washington. I, I think this was a brilliant... They're in- a
0: playoff team now.
1: They're, they're slide at the 7-8 seed. And, and also because Wall and Beal didn't get along. And I think I think Westbrook's now, I've been traded from Oakley's... <laughs> <like, laughs> It everywhere. Every year he gets traded. He's going to show it works. I think it was a good move. And then when we see Harden. He doesn't show. So this is funny. So the Houston was supposed to start practice today. Harden was saying, oh, it's COVID reasons he can't practice. Well, then they're saying he's whatever, quarantined. But then he was on a plane at a party with showing without masks <laughs> at of this course. whole big party. With the movie, and They go, we don't know what he's going to show up. So we're going to see how Harden is so serious about this year. And Wall was certainly after not playing for two years, how he's going to come back. So I'm not looking for big things from Houston. Let's uh, talk about NCAA hoops. Well, I was excited on Saturday, which is going to be stupid, because Gonzaga and Baylor were supposed to play one versus two, but they didn't play because of COVID reasons. But uh, Michigan State this week beat Duke, and Kentucky had a horrendous week. They lost to Richmond, Kansas, and Georgia Tech. They're 1-3, and their worst start since 2000. Uh, this week... There's some really good games. Illinois is at Duke on Tuesday night, just Tuesday night's the night you have to watch. Illinois is at Duke and Creighton at Kansas, number eight versus five. Illinois is six, Duke is ten. And then that same night is UNC is sixteen versus at number three. Uh Luca Garza at Iowa, number three. At number three. I think that's the UNC all three games I'm excited. I think Tuesday night, there'll be football Tuesday night too with the Ravens and the Cowboys, but I got some good college basketball to watch. What's going on in boxing? What a match. So Earl Spence this is, all you have to know is that in 2019, October 20th, he was, I saw this accident. He was driving his Ferrari in Dallas like 100 million miles an hour. <laughs> it crashed, and he was ejected from the car, flown everywhere – I mean, it's like his career's over. He's done. They showed a picture of him. He looked... He was burnt all over his face. Everything was whatever. You're like, how's he going to be a boxer again? Well, in, a, in 437 days, he comes back. And before that happened, he was considered one of the top, you know, five pound-for-pound fighters as a welterweight. Well, he came back and fought. He didn't have a warm-up fight. He fought Danny Garcia, who's only lost two times to... Uh, and, uh, and, and so I thought, you know, really, I thought this was going to be a very close fight. I thought Garcia had a chance. But it was interesting. Earl Spence is tremendous. We saw last week... Uh, or two weeks ago, Terrence Crawford, the other, other welterweight, uh, who's considered pound for pound one of the best. We saw him fight, gets Cal Brock. Spence actually beat Cal Brock to win the title, but Spence dominated the fight. He won. I had him winning nine rounds to three. Wasn't really hurt, but he's like, one of those fighters that Garcia's a counterpuncher, Spence would hit him, and then Garcia would try to counter, and then Spence would let him counter, but then hit him again. And I thought Spence, with the speed and everything, was just great. I thought it was very, very impressed with how, that, how he fought. And it was interesting. Sean Porter uh, has lost to... Uh, lost to both of the fighters, both Garcia and Spence, and he was the commentator. He's like, I lost to both these guys, and he's only lost two times. But it was uh, it, was com- it was fun. It was a good commentary. I liked the fight. Um, and then next, this week's actually a good fight. Anthony Joshua, heavyweight champion in the world against Puvlev, uh, whose only loss has been to Klitschko. So this is going to be on Saturday. I think it's in the afternoon on Saturday, so it should be an exciting fight. Uh, you're going to get, Triple G is fighting the following week, Kamel Alvarez. So you're getting some good fights in the month of December. And what
0: about racing? To wrap it up.
1: One final race is the F1. I think it's the next to last thing. I thought it was interesting in the fight in the race because Lewis Hamilton had COVID, so he wasn't allowed. So he brought this 22-year-old George Russell, who is supposedly this wonderkin driver at 22. <laughs> and he was leading the race. And what you should know about this is so they go to Pitt and there's another Mercedes. So these teams are worth tens of millions of dollars. They have all this comp, everything. And they have one team is a red team. The other team is a blue team. And all you have to know is, it's just like you went to the driver. They put like the front rear tires on the front, you know, mistake, <laughs> and at the fires. They could make a mistake. Well, they made that mistake. <laughs> they put the red tires on his car and the blue tires on the other, totally messed it up, and they can't ride because the cars are made with the surgeon tires. And so the them chance to win the race. And uh, Sergio Perez from Mexico ended up winning. But I just think it's so funny that in a sport, you have all these multimillionaires, they make a mistake like that. Any shot you can see a live sporting, sporting event this week, Ira? Oh, I'm going Sunday. Nice. I'm going to go see Kansas City, Miami. I think that's going to be exciting. I think this weekend for the, uh, for the NFL is going to be, uh, I, I'm like, I'm pumped. I think there's some really good games. Kansas City at Miami at 1 o'clock. Um, Arizona plays the Giants. Uh, Minnesota at Tampa. Big yeah. game for each one of these teams. Uh, Tennessee at Jacksonville. Uh, a must, I mean, you're starting to get must-win types games. Jets at Seattle. I mean, <laughs> the wheels have totally fallen off Seattle. Uh, Green Bay is playing at Detroit. I mean, Green Bay, you know, they're going to roll along. And uh, then Sunday night. So I'm going to go see the Kansas City Miami game. I'll come back and see Pittsburgh at Buffalo.
0: Not a bad uh, little schedule there. We are out of time, though. i of Ira. on Mike. Let's talk next Monday night. It's Ira on Sports.